It's the Ron and Don Show. Ronanddon.com. Hey, you guys. What's going on? We're live from the Les Schwab Studios, live on Queen Anne Mountain. It is number, what is it? Episode 197 of the Ron and Don Show. He is Don. I'm Ron. And what is up, Ron and Don Nation? Yeah. Don't forget, we are licensed brokers at Windermere. And if you want to sit down with us, uh, it's ronanddonsitdown.com. Yeah, the changes are blowing in the wind. If you're trying to upsize, downsize, maybe you want to move out of state next year. you got to get rid of your house. Give us a, an email, and I will send you our buyer or seller guide, ron at windermere.com, and then we'll set up a Zoom call where we can strategize. It doesn't matter if it's nine months out. Uh, let's start strategizing now and get the ball rolling. Yeah. You know what's really scary is Ron and I are, if you're one of our clients this year, you're about to get a living Christmas card from us, which we're going to record these in a couple days. Santa hats, guitars, Rudolph is going to be here. We booked him because of COVID. Don't tell the kids he may not fly this year because it's the warm to the weather. Uh, so anyway, as long as he has his mask on, problem is once you put the mask on, you can't see the red nose. Not a lot of help to Santa. Plus, again, under the weather, he doesn't have COVID, just a little cold this time of year. He may be stopping to either on a Don show. We'll stay uh, socially distanced. Hey, uh, let's talk about this uh, coming up. We're going to talk about a man that got a $3,500 fine for breaking quarantine for eight seconds. Just eight seconds, a $3,500 fine. Also, David Cross, who is he? Well, he's very cross. He's pissed off. He's mad. Uh, you remember him. He was the star of Alvin and the Chipmunks. And as we head into the holiday season, a lot of people are watching Alvin the Chipmunks. Homie don't allow that in his house. We don't watch. I, I think of him from Arrested Development. I have, I have sat through Claws now 19 times this year. I am not afraid to watch Snow Miser and Heat Miser get after it, right? Santa Claus is coming to town. Then he doesn't come to town. Then he does. And this Santa Claus, I tell you what. He's always messing around with our emotions. Is he canceled Christmas? Is Christmas on? We don't know. Anyway, for David Cross, he has canceled uh, Christmas forever, and he has a lot to say about these uh, Alvin and the Chipmunks movies. Before we get to all that, though, I think this is interesting. Uh, before the president uh, heads off, we think we think he's going to leave the White House at some point <laughs> in 2021. We think. Maybe next July. Who knows? Uh, but this isn't a, 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 a political conversation. Trying to stay away from those. Iraq, Afghanistan. There is an African-American soldier uh, that is receiving the Medal of Honor from the president. And typically, you're supposed to wait five years. The president has signed an executive order and said, we're not going to wait five years. We're going to do this now before I get out of here. Because this is the first African-American to receive the Medal of Honor who has fought in either Iraq or Afghanistan these years now, these wars now going on uh, for almost 20 years. We also see, we also see at the Pentagon, Joe Biden has come out and announced that he is going to take an African-American general who's been retired. He is going to run the Pentagon. 
When we start looking at the cabinet, we see a lot of minorities being hired. We look at ambassadors and the cabinet. We're seeing a lot of women being hired. And we also know uh, that coming up here, we're going to have a vice president that's going to represent all of us who's female, who's Asian, and who's also uh, African-American. So with all this said, somebody came out and was very critical of the president the other day and said, you know what, all he's trying to do, he loves giving out bright, shiny objects. That's what this is about. It's ego-driven. It's about his ego. It's not about this soldier. It's not about what he did in Iraq and Afghanistan. And they shouldn't give that medal. They should wait those five years. And it's not that this soldier doesn't deserve it. It's just that the president is using this uh, to fill uh, his own sense of ego and to spike the football a little bit before he leaves the White House. What's your take on this? Uh, I think that sometimes the you can do the right thing for the wrong reasons and that that's okay. Uh, honoring someone, it's, it's, it's not optimal, but it's better than not doing the thing. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I, <laughs> there's a lot of things that as the, after this election has happened that I think the country collectively is going, really? Why are we, why do we do things? Like, why do we wait? Uh, two months before the regime change. Like, maybe we should just make that the next day now that we have technology or, you know, fill in the blank for whatever your observation is that you've had over this. But if if you have a, a soldier or an airman or Marine that has done something extraordinary and the, the Medal of Honor is appropriate, then, yeah, um, give that. I, I don't think, you know, the story that will be told has, is not being told from, it doesn't generate from the president. If you've, we, we were a part of, uh, in a sense, when a story was building momentum uh, for a, a Medal of Honor presentation, there's a lot of layers. There's a lot of reviews that happens. There's a lot of different people that vet the, these stories, that validate the stories, that it's, it doesn't just come out of like someone sitting around and going, oh, let's give out a medal. Like, no, it is, it's very well researched. It has to be corroborated and, and it moves its way up through the system, so to speak. So if it's gotten to the level where uh, it has gone through those uh, layers of review, then yeah, like go ahead and, and have that ceremony. The story being told will be a value one. I'm not familiar with the actual story. Uh, I'm just saying the process. So if this president wants to do it and he has ulterior motives, most politicians have ulterior motives for almost everything they do. His are just a little more transparent. You can do the right thing for the wrong reason. It's still the right thing. Yeah, and Ron's referring to a Marine by the name of Corporal Jason Dunham. is one of our listeners. We met him in Grand Rapids. We were on KLQ there, and uh, Jason jumped on a grenade. We met him in a movie theater raising money uh, for boots for troops in the early days of the war. Uh, and Jason was given the Medal of Honor as a result of that. And then a lot of our listeners brought dress blues and greens for soldiers, Marine, airmen, sailors, uh, to get them uh, to his his final resting place and to his funeral. So if you give him a Google, quite a Marine and quite a, quite a sacrifice. Here, here's what I like about the story, if you just take the politics out of it. Uh, I sent that story the other day to a state trooper here that I, uh, and, I've, and I've shared the story before. 
that I do a little mentoring with, just a little, not much. Just stay in touch, send him some articles. We read some books together. Uh, and he's African American. He's in his 20s. He just had a baby. He's having his first Christmas uh, with his little girl, Mia. Uh, and we are, um, we talk a lot about finances. We talk about real estate. We've been talking about generational wealth together. Uh, we've been talking about civil rights. Uh, we, we, we have great, great conversations. And in fact, I was, I was uh, talking to Nolan today in uh, Trooper Washington. It's his birthday today. So happy birthday to him. When he saw uh, an African-American getting the Medal of Honor, when he saw an African-American now leading the Pentagon, he was so thrilled because he was up for a job with the state and with state patrol to go out and to be the liaison and to go out into the community and represent uh, not only the black community, but to represent the patrol. And uh, he found out today that he got that gig. Oh, congratulations. That That's a got, good birthday, brother. Yeah, that he got that job. And he said, you know what? He said, the, 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 the patrol is really listening. And even though that they are kind of a quasi-military organization, which they are, and most uh, trooper organizations around the country and state patrols are, he said, it's really great that they are listening and that they're giving minorities like me an opportunity to, from the inside of the patrol, from the inside out, to go ahead and be a part of bringing change to this great organization, otherwise known as the Washington State Patrol. So people can go ahead and ding on the president and said, hey, you did this too early. In my mind's eye, uh, for a lot of African-Americans over the years, it's been too late. So I applaud him for that. And I think he's doing something right before he leaves office, if he leaves office, and uh, that I appreciate. We'll see you on the other side of this. Hey, you guys, it's that time of year again where we're talking about the holidays, but the holidays this year, we all know, are going to be so different. Many of the people we love and care about, we can't get face-to-face But remember, the symbols of the holiday are still so important and very important to children. That's why Les Schwab is asking once again for your help right now with their annual toy drive. You can stop by any Les Schwab Tire Center now through, well, when, Ron? Yeah, December 17th. We really need you to help this year. When you're out and about shopping for uh, your kids or or nephews, nieces, pick up one extra gift, drop it by a Les Schwab Center, unwrapped, and you just pull into the parking lot. You can get out and go to the toy area, or uh, one of the crew members will come out and get it from you out of the car. So the folks at Les Schwab will make sure that these gifts go to kids in our community. It's the Les Schwab Toy Drive happening now. Find the store nearest you at leschwab.com slash Ron and Don. That's leschwab.com slash Ron and Don. I don't think we'd have this house if it hadn't been for Ron and Don. If you find yourself dreaming about a new home, go from just a dream to the dream team. Schedule your time at ronanddonsitdown.com. This house popped up. As soon as we saw it, Ron and Don were here. (laughs) Don came with Ron. He was incredibly well prepared. There were houses we were interested in. They would go and preview them if we wanted. One time Ron went and then FaceTimed us as he walked through several houses for us so that we wouldn't have to come over and waste the trip. I was surprised how quickly, especially after meeting with Don, how quickly they kind of zeroed into what 
I was looking for, and I don't think we would have like found this house or been as successful with another realtor or doing it without. A, I can't imagine doing it without a realtor. I was just um, so impressed with their professionalism, their competence, their responsiveness, their respectfulness of our process. Run uh, basically did a check for the areas that I said I was interested in buying. He gave us a whole list of uh, properties that were available. He came with us Sunday morning and we looked at probably five different places. It was a very smooth process. I think that they definitely brought their heart and soul. They did a great job. The market was super hot. We were just such beginners that we didn't know that we would be able to compete. We got so lucky. I don't think we could have gotten this house without Ron and Don. Don't forget, when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at runanddonsitdown.com. Follow us on the social media platforms. Just search for Ron Upshaw or Don O'Neill. All right, you guys, episode uh, 197 now of the Ron and Don Show. I'm just going to hit you with some headlines. It's interesting when it comes to the vaccine in this country. We don't know if President Trump on camera is going to take a shot. We've seen in the UK now. Did you say it was a 91-year-old woman? 90-year-old woman was the first one, and the second person was named William Shakespeare, 84. They say some of the first people to take the shot here will be former President Barack Obama. He's going to take the shot on camera. Uh, Bill Clinton is going to take the shot on camera. George W. Bush is going to take the shot on camera. Side note, those three really have a charming uh, relationship. And even Jimmy Carter, in a lot of ways, he is such a, a, a just a kind figure. I know he's had a lot of health issues with his brain tumor. Uh, and Rosalind's such a, a just a charming woman as well. When you see the ex-president club together, but specifically those three younger ones, because, you know, Jimmy Carter's in his 90s, so there is quite an age gap there. Um, and But when you see uh, Obama, Clinton, and and the younger Bush together, and even when the older Bush was was still around, there was a, a really charming cross-pollination of of just affection there. And, and we all remember the picture of, of Michelle Obama and George Bush sort of hand-in-hand hand, uh, at a couple of events. They, just a real family feeling and uh, that's just good to see when he sees her he brings her gum and candy she talks about that in her book every time she sees george w bush uh, he comes over he hugs her and whether they're at a funeral or whether at inauguration he always brings treats for her and he puts it in her hand kind of like my grandpa used to do at church and i hope that people um i'm going to go a little bit of a sidebar for you give me permission here hope that people see that and embrace the science here of what is going on. There's a huge backlash right now of people not wanting to participate. That's what I was going to ask you. There's a a lot of people that don't want to participate. And and I read an article today that I hope uh, um, is going to happen. It's a long shot, but I hope that it's true. There is an an ex-Google executive that uh, then went on to work at Salesforce. He's making a new search engine. And it's going to be called you.com, Y-O-U.com. And the goal of this is to not make a ton of money like Google, but what he's wanting to do is to have it be verifiable, trustworthy information instead of being... So what Google gives you results right now is, is the algorithm is optimized to make money. 
and there's ad placements and ad words and, and corporations are competing for your eyeballs. So if you type in, I, I, I need steel toed boots, there are people that have bought those keywords and they are competing to get in front of your eyes to sell you a pair of steel toed boots, but it also applies for information. So if you've, if you've juiced the algorithm uh, for a keyword about vaccinations, uh, you can get a lot of, of bad information on the front page of Google. So you.com is saying, can we engineer a search engine that is going to be trustworthy that we're not going after the ad dollars necessarily. We're going after reliability and trustworthiness. And so I hope that the equity of two parties, Republicans and Democrats, coming together and getting that vaccine shot will have some people will go, okay, I was on the fence a little bit, but if George Bush did it, and if Clinton and Obama did it, and I watched them get a needle in their arm, I'm going to go ahead and go get my vaccine um, this is a, a big event in our life. I, I listened to a show uh, this last week when the, the, there was a guy that was just a super virologist. He came up with the mumps uh, vaccine back in the day. And families volunteered this to, to be their children to be injected for mumps. Mumps was, in, was, uh, was devastating children uh, nationwide and it was a huge problem. And so when this, uh, the scientist came forward, he was the first one that figured out you put this into eggs, he would cultivate it into eggs, and then there's, you know, get the virus or the vaccine ready for children. He would just go to churches, he'd go to schools, he would go to social gatherings with little note cards and say, will you volunteer your child to be a part of this vaccine trial? And families then had a nobility and a patriotism to say, yes, I'm going to do this. I believe in you. I believe you've done your science. I want my child to participate so that other children don't have to suffer because I've seen people suffer and die and be, uh, you know, have physical deformities. And so they, at one point in our country, it was seen as a badge of honor and a patriotic act to believe in the science and to get a vac vaccination to help someone else. And so I hope that we can get back to that. Yeah. With that said, story number two, we just saw in Asia, a man stepped out of it. He's supposed to be quarantined, stepped out of his hotel room for eight seconds. He was on camera uh, and he was fined $3,500, told if he did it again, uh, that he'd be thrown in jail as a result of that, right? As far as the vaccine goes, uh, people are saying, well, you know, in places like Russia and China, they're going to they're gonna force people to take this vaccine. It it. It doesn't seem so. It, it, it seems in a lot of these countries, people don't put themselves first. They put others first. They believe in herd immunity. And, and, and people aren't being forced to take this vaccine. They're lining up to take the vaccine. Here in this country, very, very different. Yeah, it's curious to me. And I wonder what people value the things that, that when they do it. When you spend money and when you spend time and effort, that's the thing you value. And so the, what I'm seeing that people value here is they value their freedoms and their freedom of mobility over human life. So when you go um, out and you see these people that are protesting with no masks or going to rallies or going to big parties with no masks on, what they're saying is this is more important to me than anyone else's life and health, because that's what they're doing. They're yeah. taking their time and they're doing that. And so I would just ask them, look at the, the statistics and the ratios 
of other countries. And I think the country you talked about where the guy got fined 3,500 bucks, I don't remember off the top of my head, but they've had something like 700 deaths uh, when we're at 280,000 and counting at the time that we recorded this. And that number is only going up. Uh, obviously, population differences, all that stuff. Yeah, and I believe this is in Korea. So. And so uh, it's, I think it's important to just do a, a, a minuscule amount of research. Go look at, at, at the death toll that we have here compared to other Western countries, and you'll see that we have failed people. Uh, we have failed American citizens. If you really believe in democracy, if you really call yourself a patriot, if you really think that uh, you want to fly that American flag, think of other people uh, and sacrifice for others. That's what community means to me, yeah, at least. Yeah. Finally, headlines. What's your reaction? David Cross made a lot of money on being on Alvin and the Chipmunks. He said he was on set, though. They treated him horribly. He doesn't say exactly uh, how he was treated. Uh, he no longer likes these movies, doesn't like being a part of them. He didn't realize when he signed on, he took the check, and he didn't realize that he had signed on for other movies to do other movies because they didn't think the first movie would do very well. It is a very, very annoying movie to watch. It's an annoying record. I love the holidays. I can handle just about everything, but I cannot handle Alvin and the Chipmunks. Is this situation here, though, or down the road? Uh, we saw this happen with Bob Denver, Gilligan's Island. He went out before he was on Gilligan's Island. Uh, he was in a lot of television shows in the 50s, 60s, a very successful actor. And then as soon as he was on Gilligan's Island for only three years, uh, he was always just going to be a little buddy. And what he finally did, because he needed money because he loved to smoke marijuana. And you think about Bob Denver, little buddy's cannabis shop. How much money would he probably make more money doing that now than Mike Tyson, for instance, is making on cannabis? Uh, Mike Tyson makes a lot of money on cannabis because we call it cannabis now that white people are involved. We don't call it pot or weed or dope, right? So with that said, do you think David Cross will get to the point and just go, man, I just got to do what little buddy did? Because at some no point, way, Bob, because Bob Denver known. went out, he put the hat back know, on, David he started Cross, doing appearances, no. and, and he's like, I, I just got to go be a little buddy and David get paid. David Cross is not known for the chipmunk. <laughs> David Cross is Dr. Fuquier from Arrested <laughs> Development, yeah, and he right. does stand-up. So like, there's no universe where people picture him as the Alvin and Chipmunks guy. I right, got a question. Ron doesn't know I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask him one final question, and then uh, we'll finish up here with the Ron and Don Show live from the Les Schwab Studios. Thanks for being a part of the Ron and Don Nation. Subscribe to The Nation News at ronanddonsitdown.com. A behind-the-scenes look at everything Ron and Don. All right, final segment now of the Ron and Don Show. I'm going to ask Ron a question. I'm going to answer it first because I want to buy him some time to think about this because I think that this is important and he'll be thoughtful, and I hope you will too. As we head into 2021, I believe in mantras. I, just, I believe in those. Uh, and I'm not going to share my mantra with you for this year because this year is not up and I'm still in the middle of living it. Uh, but I am going to share part of my mantra because I've been working on this in my journal uh, for 2021. Uh, and my mantra is not anything slick. It's kind of long. I'm going to work on this and, and, and whittle this thing down. Uh, but I do think that it's important because I think sometimes, and we've learned this during COVID, it is really easy to lose your center. And if you don't know what I mean by losing your center, it just means you feel like things are out of control. You feel like in my, for me, uh, I feel lost. I have felt lonely. 
I have felt uh, sometimes like I'm not the best parent and like I need to rescue my child and I feel like I'm not enough, right? And you wouldn't think that about me because I'm big and I'm, you know, just I'm intense and I'm loud and, and I appear to be confident. Uh, but sometimes that confidence is just a shell, right? And I am just trying to cope and get by uh, like everyone else. Uh, but I wrote this mantra down that I wanted to share. And I took a picture and this picture, I will put this up on my mirror at home. And it's just a picture of my, in my we're in my house right now. This is where the Les Schwab studios are. And it's a picture of my wine fridge. And we're standing in a house that I built. And I built this house to have great connections with humans I love and care about. I love to cook. I love to barbecue. I have wine fridge. I have a ridiculous... A, just a ridiculous stove. And I had all these ideas with cabana doors that people come over. We party, we have a great time. We drink wine together, have beer. We watch Seahawks games. We do all that. And then what I found out in, in, in the last couple of years is that alcohol is becoming an issue for me because I was using that to just numb out and to escape. And so through therapy, I found out that, hey, you know what? Alcohol has no business in my life. Doesn't necessarily mean I'm an alcoholic, but it does mean that I have embraced a lifestyle of no alcohol. And in fact, uh, next year, in, in 20, let's see, January 20th of next year, I will enter my fourth year of embracing that lifestyle. Along the way, I have drank. And when I have done that, uh, it just takes me right back to the place of the question that I asked myself. Uh, and this is what my counselor asked me. Always ask yourself this, is my life better? Is it worse? Is it just the same? And I've noticed for me, when I eat right, when I exercise, when I eliminate alcohol and I embrace that lifestyle, that my life is always better 100% of the time. So this is the, the mantra that I wrote to myself this year. It says, Don, in 2021, feel things, don't fix things. I'm a fixer. Very hard for me. I want to fix things and then I want to move on. Fixed. Just feel it. Ron's really good at that. And I, I and, and I have great respect for you because I I've I've learned about the vibes from you, and then I've learned that I don't have to to fix everything. So I see the work that Ron has done, and I have great appreciation. And he's a mentor uh, to me when it comes to that, and a great friend. Also, I'm intense. I am an intense person. I'm surrounded though by people that are intense, but they're also consistent. Ron's one of those people. Uh, my partner Joe is one of those people. My uh, great friend, one of my best friends, Scotty, so consistent every day. He just comes up firing. Sometimes I, he does it in his tidy whiteies during COVID-19, and I've gone by his house. And Scotty, if you're listening, put a shirt on. You look ridiculous. It's 2 o'clock in the afternoon. That's another story for another day. So feel, don't fix. Don, let your consistency meet your intensity, right? So I'm going to work on, I don't need to be any more intense, in fact, I've stopped writing things. I've tried to stop writing things in bold letters because I like doing that. All caps, so you're yelling all the time? Yeah. And then I, I'm starting to eliminate exclamation marks because I, 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 I was going back and looking at the things that I would write and just always, and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to put a period. I'm going to write something and put a period. Uh, that's hard for me. Isn't that weird? <laughs> it's hard for me. It's so hard for me. 
But anyway, I'm going to, I, I, Ron and I get together every morning. We do a sit down and I'm so appreciative because Ron does his work personally and professionally every day, every single day. And, uh, and I want to be more like him and Joe, uh, and my friend Scotty. And then finally, I just, I said, Don, you're a better human when you don't effing drink. Uh, so enjoy year four coming up. Year number four. Year number four. Anyway, so I'm going to turn to you, and I have a picture of my wine cooler, and that's just in the wine rack. It's just all protein drinks. Nice. That I keep down in my in my wine rack now. I think I bought you enough time because you didn't know this question was a coming. Yeah, I have not journaled about this, and I have no picture that goes along with it. Yeah, when you think about mantra, when you think about 2021, uh, a lot of people wait until New Year's Eve. I know you don't do that. I'm gonna. This is off the top of my head, but I was listening, uh, and I would really encourage everyone to listen to this. I was just listening to uh, Jerry Seinfeld did an hour and a half with Tim Ferriss. It was. It's one of the best podcasts I've listened to in a long, long oh, time. What'd you like about it? Well, Jerry talks about, because he has a new book out where he has, um, in the title of the book is, is this anything? And it's basically all of his routines he saved from day one. Mm. So he goes back and he presents all of his material over the years and you, and to, uh, explain his process and how he writes. But in this, this interview that he gave, um, I'm, I'm paraphrasing and I'm boiling down a bunch of what he said because he talks about, his writing process. He talks about transcendental meditation that he's done since the seventies. He talks about his exercise routines and all these other things. It's, it's really, really good. But basically the concept that he gave on the last part that was very interesting to me is he's, he, he's like the reward is in the resistance. He says, whether that's writing or exercise or relationships there, it's the resistance that, that gives you the reward because writing is hard. And so I don't try to write for eight hours a day. I go in and I'm, I'm going to write and he goes, I do it every day. And when I write, I, I set a time limit. And then when I'm done, I give myself a reward because that's hard work hmm. because that's the hardest thing you can do is to be a good writer. And he's like, when I exercise, I know what I'm going to do and how long it's going to be. And, um, and, and if I do that resistance every single day, he goes, that's where the rewards live. And I'm, I'm saying this a little bit in uh, not as articulately as he does, but it, uh, it resonated with me because like I've, I've gained 15, 20 pounds during this pandemic a lot of people and, have. and it's like, yeah. I, I want to shed that weight and I want to, you know, have a better routine. And there are days where it's like, Oh, I just, I watched, you know, six episodes of fill in the blank, uh, at night instead of, you know, doing a hobby or reading or whatever. And so I've been getting a little bit better at that, but finding those things, I guess it hadn't really um, resonated with me in that way before where it's like set your intention and then embrace that resistance. Like you have some weight sitting on the ground right in front of me. The, the, it's supposed to hurt. It's, it's supposed to be uncomfortable. That's the point. And so I think I got in a mindset of just like, ah, I kind of want to avoid these uncomfortable things. Like it's not fun to run. It's not supposed to be, but it's, it's limited. I'm not going to run a marathon. Like you run a couple miles and then you're done. And so you can sort of have a celebration at the end of that. And so 
listen to the episode. It's, it's really, really good. Uh, you learn about Jerry's success. And part of it is because he just did the work every day. And he, he happened to be the unicorn that, you know, became probably a billionaire as a, as a result of his body of work over the years. He doesn't need to do stand up. He doesn't need to do comedians in cars getting coffee. He does that because he enjoys the work and he enjoys the resistance and he's still working on his craft at the age of 66. And that was interesting for me to hear. And so like my mantra starting, like I'm, I'm not waiting till 2021 is, but to find the, you know, find the resistance and embrace that. That's, that's, it's supposed to be hard. If you're not tired after doing something, you're not giving it in an honest effort. Mm-hmm. You know, Tim said in the interview, he goes, you know, uh, a tired dog's a happy dog. In, in other words, if you, if you embrace the, the activity with gusto, you're supposed to be tired yeah. at the end. Yeah. Pain, pain is the great teacher. I like, I like that a lot. Uh, so I lied. One last question. Howard Stern has a book out and he's talking about his childhood. He's never really done this before. Jerry Seinfeld, the thing I didn't like about comedians and cars getting coffee is he never revealed anything personally about him. He just wanted to talk about jokes in the process of writing jokes. And he just wanted to talk about stand up and he stayed in that lane. Uh, so this book sounds different. So now, now I'm interested, right? Cause he's revealing personal things. I don't know if that stuff's in the book or not. I okay. think that's just in the interview. Yeah. Barack Obama has a new book out. I've ordered it. I can't wait. I, to re- I'm listening to it as we speak. Yeah. I can't wait to read it because it's a, it's, it's, it's a reflective time of his time in the Oval Office. And it's not because he's a Democrat. I read George W. Books, uh, w. George Bush's W. Books. books. Yeah. <laughs> I've read his book. Um, I've read Clinton's book. I've read, I think five books on Washington, Lincoln, uh, lots on Teddy Kennedy, lots on Ben Franklin. Ted Kennedy or John Kennedy? What did I say? You said Ted. Uh, there are I've written a on- book on Ted Kennedy, yeah. And John F. K., JFK, of course. The, and, and just for fun sometimes, the Bill O'Reilly books uh, are actually really interesting. They're really, they're really easy reads. And no matter what you think of Bill O'Reilly, he doesn't write those. He has a ghostwriter that actually goes out and does the research. And uh, there's some good, interesting things to read there, too. So anyway, what is your mantra? Uh, as we head into uh, 2021, and who knows, maybe you're listening to this now uh, and you're already living that mantra. My hope, my hope is that you just find a way to connect with yourself, that you get centered, and that you have a great, great 2021, that you don't look at 2020 as sucking. But let's be honest about it. It's been tough. It's been hard. But as Ron said, when things are tough and they're hard, and they're painful. That's when change can come if we'll embrace it. And that's right there. That's the teacher. That's the great teacher. He's Ron. I'm Don. Keep your head up. Keep your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time. Only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ron and Don Show. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and find some black belt courage. Ah! I'm not kidding. Ha, 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 ha.